Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Group of Five Live is sponsored by American Betting Experts, one of the largest sports and casino vendors in the United States. We've teamed together to provide special gaming offers to all Landry Football Conference Call podcast listeners. Here's what you do. Go to our website, LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad located on the upper right side. Pick among the gaming sites legal in your state, such as BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, and PointsBet. Sign up and instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. It's that easy. Again, go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad located on the upper right side of the page, and get in on the action with a special offer from American betting experts. Five Live is part of the Landry Football Network. I'm Chris Mykoski, and this will be the season finale for this podcast. With no group of five teams in the college football playoff, and there never will be, sadly, there's no reason for us to can continue on into National Championship Week. We'll let our friends on the ACC and SEC shows handle that as well as our coverage of Big Ten football here on the Landry Football Network. So I will step away after this week, put the show in mothballs, and we'll plan to return to the Landry Football Network in the fall of 2021. No big rants to go on this time. Um, just a little bit of disappointment, I suppose, that UAB, the Conference USA champion, did not have a chance to prove itself in a bowl game. Now, they were supposed to play a really bad South Carolina team in the Gasparilla Bowl, but South Carolina had to pull out because of COVID issues, and you hope that it was honest. You hope that it's not just the Gamecocks saying we're done, we don't want to play. It's 
that they really couldn't field a team because of coronavirus issues in their camp. Gamecocks went two and eight, not really a bowl team, but the SEC decided to make everybody available. The bowl win threshold was lifted this year, so anybody could go. The Pac-12, for their part, decided that only teams that finish above 500, even though everybody's allowed to go, we're only going to allow teams that go over 500 out of our conference to go into the postseason. And the SEC decided that wasn't our deal. We're going to, we're going to go in and go bowling, but so far, and this total may grow. We're taping this on Monday afternoon, three SEC teams have had to pull out of their bowl games, Tennessee, South Carolina, and Missouri. Missouri was supposed to play in the Music City Bowl against Iowa. And at the time that UAB found out they weren't going to have an opponent in the Gasparilla Bowl, it looked like Iowa was going to have to pull out of the Music City Bowl. And at the time, I was thinking, UAB, stick together. Give give yourselves a chance to play in a bowl game. You can even have a better opponent. Wait, I was going to pull out. And you can go play Missouri and get bigger exposure, a better team. And beating Mizzou would be a much bigger feather in the cap of UAB and CUSA than beating South Carolina. But at the time, UAB... Almost immediately, I think they waited about a day, maybe a little less, to see if they could find another game. But after that, shut it down, said, we're going to let the kids go home for Christmas. We're not going to make them wait to see if we can find another opponent. And they would have had to wait around a while, and it would have also taken some major moves to allow them to play in the Music City Bowl, and they would have ultimately played Iowa because Missouri was the team to pull out. Iowa, for their part, did say that they did not want to try to find another opponent. They just wanted to shut it down as well. Not enough time to get ready for December 30th and too many logistical factors to try to play on Friday or Saturday. So Music City Bowl is the latest to get killed off this year. And we're going to have to wait now until December 31st for another group of five bowl game. We'll get into all of, there are three remaining bowls involving group of five teams uh, at the end of the show when we get into picks with the preschooler. My favorite segment, I hope it's yours. (laughs) Uh, So far, probably the biggest storyline in the bowl games has been Conference USA, and it's not a good story. CUSA goes 0-6 in the postseason. Started off with North Texas getting drubbed by App State, and then Louisiana Tech, who had had a six-game winning streak in bowls, That gets snapped 
they get beaten mercilessly by Georgia Southern, 38-3. Florida Atlantic losing to Memphis, not a surprise at all. Marshall getting beat by Buffalo. The Bulls were really good, not surprised by that. And then Western Kentucky and UTSA fall on Boxing Day. Hilltoppers lose to Georgia State in the Lending Tree Bowl. Roadrunners lose to the Raging Cajun in the First Responder Bowl. And again, you lose out as Conference USA with having your champion play in a bowl game. I think UAB would have got that one win. And then you don't head into the offseason with this ugly offer. But you have to wear it. Uh, as far as conferences that have been doing well here in the postseason among group of five leagues, Sunbelt had to feel really happy about how they finished up. Four and one in their bowl games. The only loss coming by Coastal Carolina, who I was advocating for as a potential playoff team. <laughs> Of course, I knew that was a complete dream. But at the very least, I thought they deserved consideration for the New Year's Six and still think they did, still think they earned that right to get more consideration than a team like Iowa State. But their uh, postseason ends up in the Cure Bowl and they get beat by Liberty in overtime. Still three games left. We will see the champions of the MAC and Mountain West meet in the Arizona Bowl. We will see American runner-up Tulsa taking on another bad SEC team as three and seven Mississippi State will come to Fort Worth to take on the Golden Hurricane on New Year's Eve. And then you have the group of five champion. There is no playoff system, but by ranking, the best team of the group of five gets to go up and play with the big boys in the New Year's Six, and that is Cincinnati. They will face Georgia. My brother and my sister-in-law both went to school at UGA, and I haven't talked to my sister-in-law about it, for my, but for my brother's part, he does not care at all about this game it's a secondary prize you're not in the playoff what does it matter that's the perspective from a program like georgia who thinks they should be playing for a national championship every year and i doubt a whole lot of georgia fans agree with him on this particular stance but he says he's right he would rather see cincinnati win he is a fan of a bigger playoff and he wants to see the whole thing get blown up. So Cincinnati winning, even dominating Georgia could get more people thinking we need to let the group of five team have an opportunity to play for a national championship. I being, being the cynic, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I don't think the power fives are going to let that ever take place but 
I guess the Bearcats could create a better argument, at least, that if they are by far the better team in that Peach Bowl, like, you know, maybe we should have given them an opportunity. We'll see how that shakes out. We are going to talk about the Arizona Bowl. Again, a battle of champions, Mac and Mountain West, Ball State against San Jose State. Joel Godet is the voice of the Ball State Cardinals. Well, Joel, we're righting a wrong here. I've had a representative from every Group of Five conference champion on the show, except for the Mac, as Ball State surprised us a bit. I had uh, Paul on from Buffalo a few weeks ago, and you guys beat your first ranked opponent since 2012. Did you feel like the world was kind of picking against you uh, this past week? Uh, I think the team feels like the world has kind of picked against them uh, for a long time. You know, Ball State was uh, the underdog in a game that it had to win the the final game of the regular season against Western Michigan uh, that it did win in hilariously dramatic fashion. If uh, if people are aware of the basically the the second coming of the Cal Stanford uh, band is out on the field, <laughs> right? That wound up not counting, um, which is the reason that Ball State won. Uh, so, you know, they were the underdog in that game. They were the underdog in the Mac championship. They're the underdog again in the Arizona bowl. Um, and they were the underdog all season. They were picked fourth in the, you know, the Mac West preseason poll. There's only six teams. So I, I think they've, they've had this ball state against the world mentality and that's served them really well. Yeah. And, and saying that, I mean, strange things can happen, obviously, when you got a compressed season, you have so many things going on around just the football. At what point, though, kind of following this team on a daily basis, did you realize, you know, this is a team that may be able to do something special? Last year. Um, I mean, and that's that's what that's what factors into all of this is that they they all feel like no one was watching and no one was paying attention. Um, I mean, this was a team that was eight points and two minutes and 37 seconds away from playing in the MAC championship last year against a team that it's it whipped its tail um, the final game of the regular season. I mean, it, it beat Miami um, by three touchdowns and then Miami goes and wins the MAC championship the next week. And uh, and it took that personally. Um, and I think last year, even at five and seven, um, I mean, it was it was literally eight points and two minutes and change from being whatever the math would be on that seven and five <laughs> or four, um, you know, three don't ask me to do going, math. No, no, thank you. I mean, it was, <clears throat> it was the difference in three wins and three losses in conference. Um, so they came into this season with the expectation that they were, that they were going to do well. Um, I'm on record as saying before the season, I thought they were going to go undefeated. Um, and you know, they're an incredible interception by Ryan McWood week one at Miami from being undefeated. So, um, you know, I, I think there was always the expectation internally that this is where this group would be. As you get set to call the bowl game, I'm sure there's plenty of interesting stories on where these two teams intersect. San Jose State, same as Ball State, just won two games in 2017. That is an incredibly interesting to see two teams make this way up to the up to the conference championship of their respective conferences and now it's only one of two bowl games that has a couple of conference champions in it yeah and and i think that's the exciting part about it is the champion versus champion mentality um you know it's it's 
I'm a wrestling fan, and the fact that I don't know this offhand is 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 that. <laughs> but it, what was it? Was it Hogan Warrior when they were heavyweight champ and, and intercontinental champ going? You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah, champion versus champion. Um, like it's got that big fight feel to it, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's you know you don't always get that in bowl games. Sometimes bowl games are very odd bedfellows, and this is like this feels like you know, a main event card fight that you would pay for. Um, so that makes it certainly all the more special. And, you know, for a Ball State team that continuously feels like it's it's underlooked, it's an opportunity to validate that further. And obviously, you know, you want people to be listening to you on the radio call, but adding in big CBS, the big CBS crew, that adds another element to it too. I mean, you can't you cannot mistake the fact that that adds to the atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, it's the it, what I think it's the only bowl game that's on true national television. Like, if you own a television, you get this game. Um, this this week, so, I think like, you're right. There have been some others that have been on ABC. Um, okay, this, yeah, yeah, this yeah, might yeah. be the only one going forward, though. You're right; that's on uh, a non-cable outlet. Yeah, and I mean that like that's a big deal. Um, you know, people leave CBS on by accident, um, and they do that with ESPN too. But like, you you reach you can reach a, you know, it's going to be New Year's Eve. Somebody's, some buddy who doesn't watch sports and just turns on the television because they're trying to find, I don't know who does CBS. Is that Carson Daly? Um, you, know, they're trying to, you know, they're trying to get their New Year's Eve plans ready. It's just going to flip sure. over to this game. by. Uh, so like the reach that you will have as a program from a recruiting standpoint, uh, but also from a university standpoint, I mean, never forget that, you know, the reason we all, you know, one of the reasons we all do this is college athletics is a great front porch. Um, and this is an opportunity for a group of young men to represent themselves and, uh, and the place that they go to school and uh, a place they have a lot of pride in. I should ask if you're going to get to meet the, the crew or are you get, calling this remotely off a of monitor? I'm, I'm calling the game from right where you're looking at Okay. It. <laughs> yeah, I, fi- I, fi- I figured uh, yeah, that was much. Seeing, seeing that you were in your living room and not from a hotel in Tucson by now, I thought that might be the case. Yeah, no. Team leaves tomorrow, so I, I can still okay. be here. But yeah. <laughs> well, that's a shame. But again, like with all these other bowl game trips, you don't get the Chamber of Commerce treatment. You don't get the banquets and the parades. It's strictly a football game. But still, you'd you'd want to be there, certainly, especially given the fact that it could be Ball State's first bowl win, which seeing that note as I prepared to talk to you, just kind of blew me away considering how long that, you know, Ball State's been to the bowls. This will be what the 10th time and just come up short each time. And that, that's pretty incredible. And something that everybody who's, you know, been around the program a lot longer than you have wants to see finally corrected. Yeah. I mean, in, in, in some remarkable fashions, I had forgotten how 13 went, um, the 2014 go daddy bowl, 2013 season. Um, I like the ball state took the lead with a minute to go, gave the lead up with 28 seconds to go, then had a field goal blocked with two seconds to go. I remember the field goal. I didn't remember everything that happened before it. Um, I do remember how painful it was. Uh, and I remember Keith Wenning, the quarterback at the time went on to play for the, the Bengals and the giants um, standing on the field with his hands just on top of his helmet. Like that, that, this is how it ends. Um, yeah. It, it was in 2013 ball state was one of seven teams across FBS that had never won a bowl game. Um, I don't know what that stat is yet. 
Uh, I, I haven't gotten to that in my prep for mm-hmm. uh, updated in 2020. It's obviously less. Um, uh, I don't. I shouldn't say obviously. I believe it is less. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's what the the guys have said is like yes, winning a MAC championship was the goal all along. It and it, it's it's huge. Um, you can't take that away ever. Um, but other teams have won MAC titles, not in a while in Muncie, but other teams have won MAC titles. No one has ever won a bowl game. So just from a legacy standpoint, and as you know, Justin Hall said, the the top wide receiver, he said, I like stamping my name on things. Uh, it's a way to stamp your name on history a little bit more, and and that's certainly top of mind for these guys. One of the other more surprising notes on this team is with Justin Hall being the leading active pass catcher in college football. I guess it's surprising because, and this is probably the case with a lot of guys in the Mac and at Ball State in particular, you get to keep them around for four years. And Justin Mm -hmm. just keeps on racking up numbers and 257 catches in four years. Him and Drew Plitt are two of the individuals I really wanted to hear about from you, your favorite things about their story growing up through the Cardinal program. Yeah, Justin's just a guy that came in his first year and, and has worked. Like he, he was good right away, um, and he's played because of that. But his development as a receiver, his maturation, um, understanding different route concepts, understanding different spots on the field, being able to um, do a lot of things, play in the slot, play out wide, play to the boundary, come in jet motion. Like He's asked to do a lot now as he's gotten older, so it's cool to see guys develop um, in that way, but, but he's always had this kind of prime time player feel to him. And that's why nine catches is not a surprise. And that's how you get to 250, whatever he's at right now. Um, you know, he obliterated the catch record for ball state, uh, all time. He did it in seven less games than the guy before him, Kevon wow. Maybon. Um, you know, and obviously I think Justin probably, you know, maybe he comes back next year. So I, he going to catch 300 <laughs> Yeah, you put that record completely out of reach. (laughs) Um, And then Drew Plitz, like ultimate confidence, ultimate confidence. Uh, Told me before the season, Ball State was the best team in the in the in the in the conference, and no one could touch him. And uh, and he was pretty damn close to being right. Um, So he's got this swagger to him, like he he thinks they're going to win. Even he he's going to go to Tuscaloosa and tell you they're going to win. And they might not, probably won't. Definitely won't. Well, I don't want to say definitely. It's just but like, let's be real. Um, but um, I'd love to see it. But like, he's going to walk into Bryant Denny Stadium thinking that he is going to beat Nick Saban because that's who he is. Um, but what's funny is like, you contrast that with his personality outside of it. Like, he's afraid of the dark and and wants to open like a jet ski shop on a lake when he's, you know, graduated. And like, he's just like a, Beach bum is not the right word, but like he's just he's just chill. So it's a great dichotomy in his personality. Afraid of the dark, love it. Uh, I, I'd love to see how many times you smiled in the booth talking about play that Brandon Martin made. I mean, anybody that comes back from a big injury and then thrives the way he had just makes everybody feel so good. Uh, what you know, you don't get that day to day interaction with him this season like you would have in a normal year, but still, and just being around him, being around the program, how much are people loving what Brandon's doing? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm around B Mark quite a bit. Um, he's just a super kid, and that's cliche, but 
you know, he's, he's president of the, the SAC on campus, the student athlete, uh, advisory committee. Um, so he does all of the non-football things like mm-hmm. he is Mr. Community. He is Mr. Uh, engagement within the student athlete community. Um, and like, you know, you know, we got a video going up on him this week, you know, he's the Mac defensive player of the year and that's what people see. Um, but what they don't see is that he came in as a running back. He tore his knee before he ever played a game. He tore his knee again before he ever played a game. Uh, then he moved to linebacker and he was, you know, a good player, like sixth on the team in tackles. Uh, well, he was third on the team in tackles his first year. He was sixth his, his next year. Um, and then he tears his labrum. So he's out for a whole nother season. Um, so at that point, like he's missed more games than he's played. Um, and he's still a great kid. And you just it's like, well, you know, you ache for those kids. And then he comes back and he works hard and he just like, there is no substitute for hard work, being a good person, being a good leader. Um, and he goes out there and he makes every tackle. He makes every play defense in football is not complicated. It's, it's hats to the football. Um, how did ball state stop Jarrett Patterson when nobody else did, they had hats to the football. They had 11 guys get to him and bring him down. And Brandon Martin's always in on that. And that's why like remarkably it's a short season because of COVID. Um, but in a 12 game season, which would be a 14 game season because of a bowl and, and the title game, Brandon Martin's on pace for 170 tackles. Um, that's stupid. Yeah. But it's just because of relentless hustle, effort and work ethic. And that's who he is. Now, when you said student athlete advisory council president, immediately I knew, all right, this kid's best of the best. In my previous life as an administrator, you knew all those young people who wanted to be leaders of that group, top of the line student athlete, somebody who wants to go above and beyond the already insane schedule to be a leader among leaders. And uh, so that, that says a lot right there. Well, uh, quickly, let's do some uh, scouting report uh, work on San Jose State. Uh, I'm sure in the games that you've watched or the clips you've watched leading up to this game, you've seen Nick Starkle throw it around with that better than anybody can really in that conference. And then Coach New has said that this is going to be the best defense that Ball State will see this year as well. And stats prove it. Yeah, um, we'll start with Starkle. Um, I mean, he's obviously the best quarterback. He's a legitimate SEC starter at two different schools um, that Ball State's seen. So, you know, throw it up. Let's go play. Um, you know, Antonio Phillips is a great, a great cornerback. Um, I think he's ready for the challenge. Um, you know, they didn't throw his way at all in the MAC championship game. They did late. He picked it off. Um, so I think he's excited to be able to have that opportunity. Um, but obviously, I mean, like he's a, he's a hell of a player, like it's going to be, it's going to be tough, but, uh, the thing that they have to be cognizant of ball state, when I say they, um, and this is what they, what ball state did against Western Michigan. And it's part of the reason it won that game. You can't, they don't get beat over the top for 80 yards. Mm-hmm. That's obviously bad, but where, where it looks like some of the film I've seen Starkle really gets people is he'll throw the seven yard completion that goes for an 84 yard touchdown. Um, and you've got to, this is hats to the football, like guy catches it for seven. He can't get more than 10. Um, you got to rally and keep people in front of you. And this team has done a really good job of doing that. Number one, uh, on the defensive side, like, yeah, they're really good. Um, the benefit that ball state has, and this doesn't make it easier. This was Ty Evans. The running back said this, he goes, it doesn't make it easier, but it does make it more familiar. Ball state also runs a three, four. Um, so it's seen three, four, when it sure. goes ones on ones in practice, it plays against a three, four, it sees it in spring, it sees it in fall camp. 
Um, so it's at least familiar with the concepts that it's seeing where a lot of teams in college football, it's, it's the only time they'll ever see it when they play a, a ball state or a San Jose state. So it can catch you by surprise. Joel Godet is the voice of the ball state Cardinals. And if you can't catch him on CBS, you can always listen to the Cardinals with him as he'll be, ha- he'll be on the call from the comfort of his living room in Muncie, Indiana. <laughs> Joel, I appreciate it very much. And uh, we look forward to getting back to a life where we're all traveling all over the place and hopefully our, our paths cross down the line. Appreciate it, sir. Yeah, my absolute pleasure. Thanks to Joel. Again, Ball State and San Jose State get started at 2 Eastern Noon Mountain on New Year's Eve. That's on CBS. It's the Arizona Bowl at Arizona Stadium in Tucson. Now for our final edition of the season of Picks with the Preschooler. Just three games to select with bowls involving group of five teams this week. Austin Thomas is back. By next season, Austin, you'll be a five-year-old making picks. That's going to be fun. Are you still going to make picks when you're five? Yeah. Okay. Now, I remember you speak loudly and into the microphone. Um, and the first game we'll pick is the game we just got finished talking about, the Arizona Bowl, Ball State versus San Jose State. And uh, although we talk about the betting lines, those are not included in Austin's picks. He does not have to worry about the point spread. But we'll tell you that San Jose State, as of this recording, is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite over Ball State. So, Austin, in the Arizona Bowl, Ball State or San Jose State? Um, Say it loudly and into the microphone, please. Ball State! All right, you go with the Cardinals. Also on New Year's Eve, Tulsa is a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Mississippi State in the Armed Forces Bowl. That is at noon Eastern, 11 Central in Fort Worth. Austin, Tulsa or Mississippi State? Mississippi State! Going with the Bulldogs. All right, and the final game to pick, the last group of five game of the season, the Peach Bowl. The Cincinnati Bearcats against the Georgia Bulldogs, noon Eastern, 11 Central, New Year's Day at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. The Bulldogs are a seven-point favorite. Austin, Cincinnati or Georgia? Georgia. I hate to hear that. You're picking against my grad school. What's up with that? Mm. We also like the cousins team too. Yeah, your um, your uncle Craig and your aunt Amy go to Georgia. So is that why you're picking the Bulldogs? Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, Austin, that is the end of our picks for the season. Thank you so much for doing this with me. It was a lot of fun. Oh yeah. So next week, I'm going to go back and add up all of your wins and losses. And I will post that final record to my social media and Landry Football will share it with everybody. Sound good? Sound good. Can I watch it? Yeah. You want to do the theme song one more time? 
And group of five, group of five, five. So group of, group of, group of five, five. All right. Group of five live is part of the Landry Football Network. Be sure to subscribe to Landry Football's conference call wherever you get podcasts. While I am done for the season, there will be plenty of other shows continuing so stay tuned for football coverage from everybody along the network. For Austin, this has been Chris Mykoski. Appreciate you listening this season. We will talk to you in the fall of 2021. Don't forget to take advantage of our special gaming offer from American betting experts. Go to LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad located on the upper right side of the page. Pick among the gaming sites legal in your state. Sign up and instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. It's that easy. Thanks to our sponsor, American Betting Experts. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.